0: Hello and welcome to this new podcast series, Sharing a Piece of pie, talking about SAP IBP or Integrated Business Planning. I am your host, Jonathan Fogarty, and I have the pleasure of guiding you through some fascinating conversations about how to unlock the secrets of IBP and how it can help your business. Now, whether you are just a white belt novice in the planning universe like me or a fourth Dan black belt, there will be something here for everyone. Each week, we will have some fascinating guests to hear real-world use cases of how business is doing integrated planning. But the real star of the show, joining me each week to navigate through it all, is the Chuck Norris of the IVP community here in Australia, Mr. Mark Golly. Welcome, Mark. Hola, how you doing? <laughs> Never better. Each week is a delight when I hear your voice at the other end of my uh, my speakers. So, mate, they're absolutely knocking down the door of this podcast to come and join us. The high-quality guests keep rolling in, possibly our, our best guest yet. Uh, I'm looking forward to this one. We've got Mr. Adrian Goffin, MD for Accenture's Technology Practice, joining us. Hello, Adrian. How are you? Hey, pretty good, thanks. Kevin. Well, thank you for joining us both. Really looking forward to our conversation today. We always have great conversations about IVP, and we're going to talk about a few different aspects and hoping that the audience will really get something out of this one. Now, Adrian, uh, for our listeners may not know, has had either the fortunate or the unfortunate experience, depending on your point of view, of working with Mark when he was the practice lead for the line transformation. Now, we've mentioned in previous podcasts that we talked about early wins, creating value. However, sometimes in a project or programs of work you deliver, you maybe deliver over expectations or you deliver early, which is fantastic. But I guess the reality, and many of our listeners will probably know this, is that IBP or any transformation, it's not always a silver bullet. It's not all chocolates and unicorns, as we say here on the podcast. Implementing IBP can be hard work. There's going to be bumps on the road. There's going to be some challenges. So I'm going to ask the question of both Adrian and Mark. But, Adrian, I might start with you. As an implementation expert, you come from the SI world. You're the partner to the business. How do you deal with these bumps in the road, these challenges that you have when things don't always roll out smoothly?
1: Yeah, it's 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 a good question. And and so Lion was actually um, the the first IBP implementation that I had the pleasure of working on, and um, it wasn't an area that was particular particularly familiar to me, and and so when I first came in and we were doing an S4 transformation in parallel to it. So there was a lot of change and transformation and design happening um, all at the same time, all concurrently. So we had, we had lots of, lots of bumps in the road and, and I remember coming into it and going, okay, um, you know, I have to manage this. Like I manage every other element of the program. We've got to be obsessed over widgets and digits and interfaces and things like that. Um, and, and it sort of took me on a bit of a learning journey. And, uh, you know, after getting to know Mark, I kind of realized, hey, we've got someone who's really super passionate about the product and, you know, is really kind of putting his own career on the line behind this thing. And, you know, he's actually established an amazing team of people behind them. Mm-hmm. And so what we what we actually decided to do after a little while was actually realise that, hey, we need to give this space, we need to give this team the space, to actually you know, do the work that's required to integrate with all the other teams, to um, do a huge, very, very high touch engagement with the business to make sure the solution's coming along. And instead of obsessing day-to-day over numbers and things like that, making sure that they understand, hey guys, here are the guardrails. You know, we've got to fit into these to make sure that the program overall is successful. And as long as we do that, we'll give you the space, the time, and as Mark knows more importantly the budget in order to be able to um, in order to be able to deliver successfully and I think you know look, you know the, the the team we had uh, you know still have to some extent absolutely incredible and you know you know r- really good with me in just sort of terms of understanding hey let's not obsess over the widgets let's obsess over the outcomes and I think for me, that was my kind of key learning on, on sort of, you know, my first um, uh, IVP journey. And um, um, and I've done a couple since then and sort of adopted the same sort of mindset and made sure we've got the, the same sort of level of, 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 of business and, and client ownership for the product and treating it like a product as opposed to a project. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's certainly been one of the keys to, I think, the success that I've had with my clients implementing IVP.
0: I like it, Mark. I'll bring you in because, you know, when you have an SI on the ground, the expectation is they're perfect and ready to go from day one and they have all the answers. On the flip side of that, the expectation as a program manager is that your team are ready and raring to go and your senior management are expecting outcomes and outputs and, yep. you know, high-quality results from the get-go. You're in kind of the eye of the storm both of that. Tell us about your experience and, and how would you reflect on what, what Adrian said and those challenges?
2: I completely concur with what Adrian has said. I mean, we did have an amazing team. Um, they they pretty much kept that team together as they'd moved through their different clients now, um, which is um, um, a credit to them um, because they did such a great job um, um, in our space. But from a silver bullet in the management of expectations perspective, yeah, Adrian gave us um, the 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 breadth um, and the breathing space to actually explore the un, um um the non-standard, um as we've talked about before, um, and things like that. But in terms of managing expectations around delivery and things like that, for me, as the stream lead in this area, it, it was about the confident being confident in communicating um, and managing those expectations from the get-go, all the way from the leadership team down to the everyday users um, of IVP. And when you get those bumps in the road, yeah, acknowledge the bump, right? Um, communicate that the bump is either understood or being understood right <laughs> um, identifying a pathway to, uh, to the resolution of that bump in the road and, and what it's going to take to navigate um, around or through that bump without getting off track from a business perspective and Adrian and the team actually allowed us that, that breathing space to be able to do that the key for me in terms of managing that was about over-communicating. You know, say it once, say it twice, repeat it 100 times, but be consistent, right, and do it in a tone and in a language that can be understood um, at, all level, um, at all levels of the business, you know. Um, poor, lack um, or vague communications leads to assumptions and larger bumps to manage, than, um, and it just takes more time away uh, from uh, delivering the value that you're seeking to deliver.
0: Yeah, I like it. That's a really fascinating. And so, you know, Adrian, to you, uh, the relationship between a, a good SI, a good partner to the customer, to the business, uh, is a little bit indefinable. You talked about maybe being a bit vulnerable and, and being really open with your communication. Um, I, I guess as you go through these project hardships, it's about, Learning and accepting that you and your team need to adapt or adjust to get to the agreed end state. In your experience, is that something that functional consulting teams do well? I'm sure there's plenty of horror stories, and I'm sure our listeners may maybe have experienced some of them. But but I'd love maybe Adrian to hear from your experience. Uh, you know, a good example and a, and a really strong example. Yeah,
1: sure. And and I think you know the the talent that. Um, we try and attract into the IPP space of people who, who are, you know, curious people who um, listen really carefully to the business um, and, and can put things together. And um, I remember on several occasions um, you know, using uh, some of our IPP functional guide to actually sort of start exposing gaps in our overall solution gaps in understanding and making sure that the solution kind of pins together because for IBP, you know, to create those amazing outcomes for the business in terms of, you know, reducing out of stocks for customers and making sure we've got, you know, raw materials to rely on time and, and procuring the right things and, and what have you, um, you actually need to, you know, uh, bring all of the elements of the solution together. And you need to have a really good understanding of, of, of all the ways in which, you know, um, products, are, products are made and, and, and the way that the networks, the distribution networks um, set up and all these types of things and so you know to me um you know when when we've got our functional teams and our technical teams that they're a little bit differently you know wired in terms of their mindset um because they need to be right you know ibp isn't really you know it's not it's not made for custom development right it's it's all configuration it's never easy and there's you know so many different ways of, of, of doing things and achieving goals for the, for the business. but I think you know being really curious, being able to engage the business in discussion get them talking is is um, you know absolutely paramount. and, and I remember um, I remember when when I, when I first came onto the project I learned that um, you know Mark was someone who was up very late at night with on calls with Germany and things like that. And, and I'm a bit of an early bird, so I always start early. So it always amazed me hearing these stories about Mark being on these late-night calls with Europe to find that, you know, Mark and I would often, um, this is back in the days when we went to an office and all that, all that kind of stuff, um, we, there would always be like a little competition between me and Mark to see who who was the one to sort of turn the lights on on Level 4 in um, Sydney Olympic Park. And But it led to some really kind of cool discussions that we would have together in the mornings, right, because we just had we just had that time to be able to chat and talk and, and convene. And I remember Mark sort of saying to me, oh, you know, there's this new module of, of IVP called DRP. I'm like, I have no idea what DRP is. And I said, oh yeah, I'm just going to turn it on in production. And uh, we're going to take a bit of a different approach towards uh, developing out the, the whole DRP functionality. We're just going to turn it on and sit down with some users and work through it. Um, and, and that was a real sort of leap of faith and a bit of a hold your breath moment about or what happens if this whole thing comes crashing down on us and things like that. But again, you know, it's about trying, you know, new things. It's about being curious. It's about, you know, not necessarily accepting that it has to be right for day one um, and, and treating IBP like a product, like a lifelong, um, you know, enduring solution. So I don't know if I answered your question. Hopefully there's a few nuggets in there, um, mm-hmm. but you know, certainly for me, yeah, certainly for me, the key is, 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 is having, the right talent, the right team, mm. fully aligned um, and, and just be ready to be, you know, be ready to be wrong more than you're ready to be right and, and just, you know, listen and learn um, and, um, and really, as Mark said in his opening address, take the business along the journey, show them mm. IPP, you know, every day, uh, get them in the system, get them hands on and um, clarify and, and, and refine the solution as we go on.
0: Yeah, well, there's certainly a lot there. Certainly picked up differently wired, and I always do think of Mark Golly when I think of people that are maybe slightly differently wired. And uh, Mark, I'll, I'll bring you in because I, I guess with a, with an SI or with a partner, they've got the ability to kind of pick and mix their team a little bit and, and bring people in and out as they get a kind of a sense of the cultural fit or the direction the program's going. And But but for you, you know, your team, you've probably you know, have to go and beg and borrow and steal from the business and the best and brightest are the subject matter experts. So you maybe don't have the luxury of, of, a, of being too dynamic with your roster. But I guess you're looking for the qualities of resilience and adaptability. I, I guess as you look across your implementation team uh, and you do have kind of a limited bench, I know, because they're still got to run the business and all those things, are there any other traits or qualities that that you deem essential for the people delivering the projects? And it's not just about staying up at, late at night and um, being the first one in.
2: No, it's not. Um, and I guess the um, the experience that we had, um, one of the key things is that they actually got me right. Um, one of the key attributes is that they could listen. They had the ability to listen and taking the thoughts of a madman. Like myself, um, for example, and um, who just put ideas out there and and ask them could it be done kind of thing. So, um, like uh, Adrian said, uh, being um, being curious is is one of the key things for me. But when I was preparing for this, I actually um, started to write down. There's two more attributes, and then it turned into three, and then it turned into four. Right, um, on top of resilience, adaptability, and focus, for example, and I, and I've turned them the first one was intelligent relentlessness all right so don't fight the fights you can't win fight the fights that make a difference all right so be intelligent about the yeah um about those choices that you make and actually just go after them relentlessly and that's exactly what we did with deployment kind of thing as as an example yeah. The second one, Adrian's talked about it and about curiosity, and um, we've spoken about it many times on the podcast in past and um, sessions as well. Um, but um, to add to that, it's about being bold and courageous. Now, the team that we actually had, whether it be SMEs or functional leads or or technical people um, with them um, with Adrian's team, is that. Being bold and courageous and curious about not accepting the status quo standard use cases. If it doesn't suit your business, have the courage to change those. So, I looked for people with um, that intelligent relentlessness, fighting the fights we could win, right? and and the ones that which actually could deliver value. I looked at people that were willing to take a go, um, uh, to have a go, being bold and courageous. I also looked for people um, to be part of a team and deliver a product, right, that actually had unwavering or fervent belief in the power of change driven by people, right? So um, um to help them get to a point where they believe and um, and the business believes that they are the greatest change agents and advocates you know, of, of your product, right? And we selected people um, in our program, not only technically, functionally, but from the business as well that actually had that fervent belief in the power of change being put in the people's hands, right? And then the last thing for me is that from a leadership perspective is about the ability to communicate and sell a compelling pathway, right? Um, and that was all about stakeholder management, right? So everyone had to be seen from the same hymn sheet. Everyone had to, to, to believe in what you're doing to actually sell that dream, sell that vision, and sell that pathway to resolution?
1: Yeah, Mark. Um, I, I'd say that that was one thing that was really interesting, right? Because I think at first it was you were you were pulling people from the business in and, and trying to wheel and deal in the background, and you know, probably you know several months into the project, there was this buzz around IVP, and it was almost the opposite. You you know. You're mm. almost having to sort of stop the floodgates. <laughs> mm. <laughs> people wanting to, people wanting to come in and, and see this, you know, this exciting kind of, you know, part of the program and and the transformation. I've seen that on other clients as well. Just, you know, it, there's a real sort of buzz, I think, around um, the, the, the project and another client that I'm working on, you know, the, the number of people who just really wanted to embed themselves and be part of it and even go above and beyond, right? You know, some of these yeah. people got BAU jobs, and, but they... They, they're, they're so passionate about what's going on in the project um, and and they hear all these great stories and things like that and and they they just want to be part of it and they're willing to go the extra mile to, to, to be a part of it and to contribute towards
0: it. Yeah. And Adrian, maybe I'm just the old grumpy guy, but, you know, I heard we asked Mark for two characteristics and he gave us four. I mean, all <laughs> I hear is scope creep and, and you know, change parameters. Um <laughs> with all due respect to the the SI industry which is an incredibly important part of the SAP and a, and the, you know our customers ecosystem surely it must have re- required your team to be differently agile and to come in with a really open mindset i mean h- how do you keep all of your functions and how did you keep it within the parameters that your organization was expecting you know because throwing something into a production is a level of adaptability, resiliency, and fearlessness that I put to you, sir. You rarely see in the uh, in the technical and SI community. So, what a challenge!
1: Absolutely, yeah. And, and look, I mean, for that particular, I mean, we did do we we did actually have to go through the steps of doing risk assessments and 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 this sort of thing. So there were some formalities behind it um, behind these great ideas. Um, and, and look, yeah, we you know we have we we do have those challenges, right? Um, because you know, when we do, you know, you know, we do have to make sure that we've got the the right sort of scope parameters sort of set up. Um, but I, I think it's about, again, it's about being outcome focused, right? Like I had a conversation with one of my good clients, um, going back probably about nine months ago, twelve months ago even, and um, you know, we were talking about you know the number of training sessions that we needed to run on IDP because I'm, you know, I, I had to. I had to make sure that we were protected from a contractual perspective. And, he, you know, the client sort of pointed out to me, Adrian, you know, I don't care if you do one training session or a hundred, my people need to be able to use the tool and the tool needs to be able to, you know, perform the the, the task and deliver the outcomes that it needs to be. And, and that's why I use that word outcomes quite a lot because I think, I think despite all of those, scope parameters and things like that, you know, we are here to, to really drive an outcome for the business. Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, going into that mindset and not obsessing so much over the widgets, but looking at the bigger picture, I think, um, you know, the, the, and yeah, the, there's a degree of reasonableness, um, you know, that's needed from both sides in order to, um, you know, in order to, to achieve that. Um, I also think the other thing, you um, that, that, that's been really super important on all of the engagements that I've done with IBP is making sure that, um, that, that SAP are in the tent as well um, with you. We've had some fantastic um, uh, customer success managers over the years who have, you know, there is a real desire, a genuine desire from SAP to further develop this solution, right? And add functionality into the solution over time. And I think making sure that, you know, you've got SAP in the tent along the journey and that you're feeding back into that, that process of, you know, um, because, you know, they themselves are still developing the product and it's come a hell of a long way over the last four or five years since I've started working with it. But, um, you yeah, I definitely think that, that, that having that kind of SAP voice in the room as well, something that's, um, that's super critical to the success of these projects.
2: Yeah, and I think it's probably worthwhile saying that we had that probably a really good blend, right? um, um, at least in the IVP area. And it's probably fair to say that in, in other areas of our transformation, it probably wasn't um, um, as good a balance. Right? But we actually had that really good, really good blend um, of SAP technical support, um, as well as customer success um, support, as well as product development support. Um, in partnership with the um, functional and technical um, expertise, and then the business expertise um, as a uh, as a, a third dimension um, um, in our program. So we were very blessed um, from that perspective to have that really good balance.
0: All right. So as we as we kind of take the life cycle of this conversation towards its logical conclusion, or at least you know scope one um, execution maybe Adrian, I'll will start with you first because I, I know Mark will just we won't be able to stop him on this one, but <laughs> if you've delivered your project successfully, it's a technical success, and the business has agreed that the end state's been achieved, or in your words, the outcomes have been been reached. Um, is it time for chocolates and unicorns? Is it over? Do you just pack up the tent and 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 back up uh, the accenture bus and 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 go on to the next thing and and that's the end of the conversation and the relationship?
1: Oh, uh, look, definitely not. Um, and I think the probably the, the, the easiest way for me to describe this, right, is, um, so uh, this year at the SAP Best Run Awards, um, uh, Mark put in yet another submission for work he has uh, he and his team have been doing in the RDP space at Lyon and and they managed to come away with the win, which is fantastic. Um, and that goes to show that you know. Um, you know, there isn't, there isn't a start and a stop button on this thing. Right. And, you know, even, even, I think, um, even some of the custom code that, um, SAP did for Lion in the early days has now actually been reverted back into the product and uh, you know, subsequently removed that, that code. And, and that goes to that product evolution and that, that desire from SAP to, to really evolve and, and develop its product. Um, but it's a product, and 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 the, the, the you know the product will continue to evolve, and it needs to evolve, right? Businesses mm-hmm. change, you know. Lion, you know, recently acquired, you know, Fomentum and onboarding Fomentum into the solution, right? Businesses don't stand still, and I think um, you know neither can its products and solutions. So, you know, the fact that four years after our initial implementation, you know, Mark is still um, uh, developing on 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 that product set and delivering value to the business to the extent where it's recognized through the best run awards and there were some incredible submissions in that um, digital supply chain category this year um it just goes to show that um you know it, it's not a set and forget and that um you know there is huge amounts of value that you can continue to extract from the platform. If you've got, you know, the commitment and 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 the buy-in from 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 leadership and, and the and the vision to make that happen. So, um, I, I don't, yeah, um, you know, while you can have obviously successful moments in time, you know, and but to me, um, to me, it's a, a continuous innovation cycle.
0: Well said, Very Mark. I'll probably give you the last word. Then, on how do you? How do you find that balance between outcome delivery, celebration? But then, how have you managed? And what's your advice, I guess, for the people listening to the podcast to keep that continuous improvement mindset and the momentum and not the change fatigue? You know, it's not a never ending project. Uh, how have you managed to do that? And, and what's your advice for those who have got this far into our podcast series to, to keep their momentum going?
2: Yeah, thanks, Jonathan. It's actually really interesting because uh, I've written down a few thoughts and I'm going to discard those um, um, at the moment because what Adrian said was absolutely right. It's the innovation cycle that is discontinuous. Getting to technical completion or project completion is basically you're at the starting point right and again the way you manage your stakeholders is about actually getting them to understand that you're at the start line and now the real journey uh, to value creation actually begins from there and that and the continuous improvement cycle or the innovation cycle that, that spawns from those conversations and that awareness right, um, is about um, people, um, we've spoken about it um, quite a lot, not only today but in the past, about um, maintaining that level of curiosity, right, within the business. You know, you have your people that are saying, I've got a business problem, um, how can we solve it, right? And it's those kind of um, questions that um really spark my interest and actually say, well, well, IBP can provide a solution, but it needs to we need it to be able to behave like this, 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 and this, right? And some of it's standard, some of it's non-standard. And that's where the um, that's where the enthusiasm, that's where the um business relationship, that's when the engagement, that's when the real magic, I guess, happens around the innovation and the and the building on what we used to call this minimum viable product, right? Um, in in our transformation to actually um, put some of those, you know, um, um um, uh, uh, the chocolate and unicorns on 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 the top of the cake kind of thing. So um, it really is spawned by um, business need, right? Um, and the curiosity of our team members to actually provide uh, business solutions to a um, via um, a via a technical solution right? to make not only release time effort, but to provide solutions. You know, in in with the supply chain resilience coming into under question um, in the um, in the last two years because of the um, um, circumstances um, of, of COVID and all of that kind of stuff, we've had to really think. The business presented us with a problem on how do we solve for this, right? And we're actually able to partner with them to actually find a solution, right? Um, we then that spawned a couple of um, different innovation things because it then uncovered a couple of other things that we wanted to um, to solve for as well, uh, potentially not for now, but for future use kind of thing. And what this is doing is that it's actually helping not only us provide a better solution and a fuller solution to solve business needs and be more agile at doing it. Right, but it's actually providing SAP with a better overall tool because we share that back with the SAP team. Right, and In some instances, like Adrian mentioned, and um, they've adopted our solution into the product solution or, you know, or evolved it into a product solution so that everyone can benefit from it. Right? So um, business engagement, solving real-life problems um, and continual curiosity and business involvement.
0: Well, they are themes that we keep coming back to, don't we, Mark, on this podcast? Yeah. It is sadly all we have time for. Let me try and recap what we've heard. I guess for people who are in the midst of or considering their IBP journey, it's about what I've heard today anyway, have an open and honest uh, and really engaged relationship with your partner. For the partner yeah. community, it's to be flexible, be vulnerable, and, and and listen to what your customer needs and what the business requires. And I guess... It's about understanding that the start line is not the finish line and and there is a lot of value to be harvested if you keep with it and keep going. So it's been fascinating. Adrian, uh, MD for Accenture in the technology practice. Thank you, sir. It's been a privilege. You know, last word, what, what would you say to the people out there who are, you know, just putting their toe in the water or thinking about launching off into this journey?
1: Um dive in and um yeah you 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 i don't think you'll regret it and um yeah i think um it, you if know, we can we can create some really really powerful results um if uh, if, if you're willing to go with that journey with us
0: I like it mark foolishly as always for me i'll give you the last word i may regret it i usually don't though <laughs> what do you want to say?
2: Um, my experience is that when choosing the right um, partners to deliver the product is actually key. Um, having that successful partnership with your technology uh, partner and your system and, and your SI uh, team is incredibly key. They've got to be of similar mindset, be able to work together, um, be curious, um, push the boundaries, um, Try and solve for abnormal solutions with you. Have a lot of fun on the way, which we actually did. But communicate, 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 manage expectations, right? Um, But also um, always look at it from delivering the most positive business outcome, which is the way that we looked at it from an IBP perspective. So so it's not all chocolates and unicorns, right? It may be your fairy bread and and washing it down with a shandy or something like that, right? But um, certainly... um, um, There are lots of celebrations to be had along the way, and celebrating those um, and communicating those celebrations is key. And we did a really good job of that. But through Adrian's team, we are actually able to manage expectations, deliver a technical and a functional solution, which pushes the boundaries and continues to push the boundaries. And even now, we're working on stuff that is non-standard and um, not normal uh, use case ibp and it's exciting stuff because it solves real business problems right and that's where the value of ibp comes in and that's the value of having a good si
0: fabulous well for those of you all around the world maybe not just in australia madly googling fairy bread and shandy good luck (laughs) let us know what you find we are absolutely out of time, unfortunately, on sharing a piece of pie, the IBP podcast. Adrian, thank you for joining us. He's now regretting it, but it's too late. Pat, um, Mark, as always, it's an absolute privilege. Uh, I've been your host, Jonathan Fogarty. Hope you've enjoyed this episode. Keep joining us. Let us know what you think. Reach out to Mark and I via uh, our, our socials. We'd love to hear what you think of the podcast. But until next time, on behalf of all of us, it's bye for now.
2: See ya.